and welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church Member Podcast, designed to give you the inside scoop on life in our church. I'd like to introduce you to our family life pastor and today's host, Carrie Jones. Well, hey everyone, and welcome back to an edition of Finding Our Way. It's a Southridge Member Podcast. And today I'm really excited to have Owen Jeffries on the podcast with us today. Owen is an emerging leader here at Southridge and has all kinds of great things to share with us. And so I'm really excited and grateful to give all of you a chance to get to know him better and his heart for the church. So welcome, Owen. It's fantastic to have you on the podcast. Hi, Carrie. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, let's start, Owen. Um, Why don't you tell us, you know, for those who don't know you, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, you can say as much or as little as you'd like to. Tell us about your background, family. Do you have pets? What are you up to in school? What what are you interested in? Give us a bit of a snapshot into who you are. For sure. Um, So uh, I go to the um, Vineland location at Southridge. I've been going here for about a decade now. I think it might be even the, 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 it might be exactly a decade this year. Um, so yeah, I live in Vineland with my family here. I live here uh, in my, uh, I'm doing this in my childhood bedroom right now, actually. I grew up here on a, on a, on a little peach farm here in Vineland. And uh, we uh, I have two brothers and a sister, two parents live here, lived here my whole life. Um, what do we have here? I've got two bunny rabbits that belong to my sister. Uh, and then a cat who we just got last year, actually, named Gus. Huh. And that's, uh, that's the family for you. No dogs yet, but my mom is trying to get us into into a dog. So we'll see if that happens. Okay. We, our family, uh, maybe you know this, just got a dog um, this past fall. And I have completely gone over to the dark side in becoming a dog mom. I'm all about the pup. Well, you know, it's pretty, from pictures I've seen, it's pretty cute. It's a pretty cute dog you've got there. Golden Retriever, right? Yes. You might hear him. He might pop. um, He might, you know bark and make some noise in the podcast hopefully not but he might (laughs) (laughs) it'll be nice to meet him virtually for the first time okay so you've lived in violin your whole life um talk to us about like yeah about school and what you've been up to over the past couple of years right so um i uh, studied at brock i finished high school and i think 2017 and then i started business school at brock Uh, it was an international program so i studied for two years at brock university here in niagara then I did about two and a half years abroad in Paris, in France, actually. So I, uh, I studied there, business uh, administration and French for two and a half years. I got to travel around a lot, uh, meet some new friends. I found a new church, and it was a really, really great experience that taught me a lot about the world and uh, how that works in different cultures, and it was very enlightening. And I just got back from that about two months ago, came back to Canada, and I'll be here finishing up my degree uh, for the next couple months, and then I'll, uh, yeah, I'll start, I guess, real life. So that's what you can call it. Okay, so you graduate this spring from Brock, and yeah, yeah, and then you'll be diving into into what's next. That's amazing. Um, and I mean, it's been it's been fascinating to follow your your adventure, your your time in in France with all of your photos on social media and such. Um, and just to give us a sense of a timeline, so you would have left for France, I guess, the fall before the pandemic hit? Exactly, yeah. So August 20, 
19, I left. And then I came back briefly for a couple of months uh, in summer 2020, okay. just because I had to renew my visa and pandemic stuff, and it was a headache. And then I came back from end of summer 2020 until, I guess, December 2021. Wow, yeah, so, so about all around about, about two and a half years there. Wild. What do you miss the most about being abroad? Oh, the food, probably. You know, I love my mom's cooking. I love my grandma's cooking. I love everybody's cooking. Um, but, you know, nothing beats a, a good croissant in the morning uh, mm-hmm. at work or, you know, a good, uh, a real pizza from Italy. You know, it's just those experiences. The food's really good. Sure. Uh, I love living in the country, living at a farm here. But, you know, obviously the, 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 the cosmopolitan food options are limited. Um, so love it. <laughs> love it here for sure. But definitely a different food experience over there. Right. Not as many options in Vinelands. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Did you have any visitors while you were um, in France? Um, I had a couple friends um, who were also abroad, uh, studying in England, like from Canada. So I managed to see them. Uh, One of them visited me, uh, which was great. And then I visited one of them uh, in London uh, last fall, actually. Um, But really, it was quite a separate world. I didn't really see anybody uh, from kind of home for a couple of years, and uh, they didn't see me. So it was good to, uh, I guess, not have a break from these people who I love over here. But uh, it, it was a nice, you know, there was no lines crossing. You know, I could kind of explore Europe kind of with a fresh mindset by myself uh, rather than uh, doing it with other people. There's benefits to both. But uh, yeah, I got a brand new experience over there. Right. You were able to fully immerse yourself in, in that world. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Well, um, what do you love most about being home now that you're home? Yeah, being home. Um, I think family, seeing family has been a real, real treat. Uh, I think for Christmas this year, it was the first time in probably four or five years that my whole mom's side, my big Mennonite family, had all been together uh, for Christmas, which was very special for everybody. And that was mm-hmm. good for me to see them again. And uh, I really missed how much, I, I forgot how much I missed them. Uh, so it was good to, good to share meals together for the whole holiday season. Um, I miss family, yeah, and I miss my uh, my friends, of course, uh, and the weather. You know, I miss snow. Snow is pretty cool. Right, right. We've had a lot of snow this year. Mm-hmm. A lot of snow. Oh, that's cool. And so, as far as what you're up to these days, so you mentioned that you're you're finishing school, um, transitioning into into job life, um, living in Vinelands. Um, what you know these are also very hard days that we're in um, here in the thick of winter and um, just with everything that's going on around us with COVID and and with all kinds of other, other um, events and things in these days, what, what is bringing you joy? What's sustaining you? Sustaining me, bring me joy. Um, I think definitely um, having a sense of, I, I I like to, I think as much as I like having fun and seeing friends and uh, and being social in that way, I really get a, get a sense of pride and sense of joy uh, in, in my work now. Uh, I just got a new job and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, and I have my, 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 my role at the church uh, working with kids ministry there. And I think the, the fact that I can, I can do these jobs, you know, to the best of my ability or try to at least. 
uh, really, really gives me a sense of, I guess, belonging to both uh, my, my workplace and my church. Uh, and uh, it really kind of it motivates me to do more. So it's bringing me joy right now is kind of starting, starting a new chapter, uh, starting back at church here in Canada and about a new job and um, really embracing the change, trying to make the most of it um, while it's here and it's beginning. Oh, that's great. Well, you mentioned that you've been a part of Southridge for a decade, and uh, that's that's hard to believe. So what was it like um, growing up, you know, spending for sure your your teen years and such at Southridge? Yeah, so um, I moved to Southridge, I think I was in grade four, fourth mm-hmm. or fifth grade when I was, uh, that must have been nine or ten back then or more, uh, or older. And we moved because my old church gateway had kind of a merger. We kind of merged to use like some business lingo. I don't know how you say that exactly, but we merged with Southridge yeah. and it's the North End location when we had it back at Governor Simcoe. Um, so I was there for a couple of years until I think seventh grade. And then I moved to Vineland when that opened. Uh, and I've been going there ever since. So um, I really loved Current. The youth group was great. Um, Steve Reimer, from Glenridge was my youth leader for two years and he was fantastic. Yeah, he was a great leader uh, for the for a current youth group uh, or for Riot, I was in Riot, sorry. Yeah, Riot, not current. And then sure. current, uh, I did my high school current at um, all at Vineland. Oh, that's amazing. Very cool. Well, now, you know, as someone who is just finishing up university, um, what is it about Southridge that really tracks with you? Um, Southridge has, it's, it's interesting. My, my old church at Gateway, I love the place. And as a kid, I think it was nice that it was so comforting. The fact that things never changed. Um, you know, it was uh, all the same community. It was the same food, the same people, friendly faces, the same kind of Bible stories on, on Sunday, which was great uh, for me as a kid there. But as a kind of more of an adult at Southridge, I appreciate that it's much more open to change and much more uh, kind of open to the community. Uh, the fact that we have our, our, our outreach our outreach programs uh, with the Vineland with the um, with with the migrant workers here uh, with our Caribbean friends and in, in, in Southridge and Wellmer with their anchor causes uh, I like that we engage with the community so much and that uh, there's really a focus to make others feel welcome uh, on Sunday mornings and uh, through events kind of throughout the week so that's a that was a big change that I had to get used to when I moved churches way back but for sure it's changed for the positive and I'm glad I've got to grow alongside my church to embrace the community uh, around me here in Vineland. I love that. Um, One of the things that I really love about your story, Owen, is that while you were abroad for those two plus years, um, I mean, obviously you you immersed yourself fully in in that cultural experience and, and met new people and found a new church, all of that, which is amazing. And you found a way to stay uh, connected to Southridge. Um, can you talk about about that a little bit? Stay connected um, to Southridge. Honestly, um, I, I, I I was a little bit connected. Uh, you know, I had a couple of conversations now and then with uh, with Rick Swears, our, our pastor at Vineland. Uh, you know, I had to talk to a lot of my friends at uh, Southridge and and even leaders now and then. Um, but honestly, I think I could have done a better job staying connected to my church here in Niagara. Um, I, I found a new church in, in France, a different church to to go to while I was out there. Um, hmm. And for most of the pandemic, even it was kind of um, uh, the building was open. They never really closed churches too much over there. So 
I found a, it was a great way to, um, you know, keep my connection to God by being with others in community uh, in Christ uh, while over there. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was a great aspect of my, my time abroad, my church in France that I found. Um, but, you know, I think I definitely could have done a better job of also remembering that I had a family in church back here in Niagara that mm-hmm. uh, I'm, uh, I'm re- kind of rediscovering now. I went back home. Oh, that's amazing. Well, one of my favorite stories about you, Owen, is one that Tamara Mose, who um, is the director of administration or one of the directors of administration in my department. And back in the fall, she was sending out an email to everybody in family ministry about the need to do our plan to protect refresher. And because we had still kept your assignments in our, in our database, um, knowing that you'd be eventually coming back and, and hoping and hanging on to the hope that, that you would plug back into kids ministry, you still had an assignment. And so when she sent out this email, um, you received the email and then to her surprise, you joined the zoom link where she did the training. And I think she told me it was like 1am your time. Yeah, it was pretty late. Yeah. You know, time difference. Yeah. Uh, it was good to, it, I, I think, I think it was November, October, November then. And I was pretty close to coming home. So yeah. I was kind of like, you know what, if I'm going to come back and volunteer in a month, I might as well, you know, jump on the, on the, on the, on the, on the retraining training. And uh, it was good to kind of get it, uh, you know, do it and say I've done it and to be ready to come back to, uh, to kids ministry uh, after Christmas. But yeah, it was pretty late. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a late one. I bet because it was like seven o'clock our time. So that's amazing. I love that story. And just knowing that you were, you know, eager to come back and eager to plug in and um, just real show, it just really showed your sense of, of commitment. So, um, so we love that story. And, and then I think it was at Christmas time, Owen, I received an email from you and it was a really delightful email. I have to tell you, because you said something to me like, Hey, Carrie, I'm back. How soon can I be back in MS? I'm ready. And so you need to know that as a ministry leader, those kinds of emails are like the, we do a happy dance. Um, so that was pretty, pretty exciting news. And yeah, now that you're back on Canadian soil, you know, you've jumped right back in. Um, I guess, tell us what inspired you to get involved in kids ministry years ago and what was it that made you want to jump right back in now? So kids ministry has always been, I think, a big, um, yeah, it's always been a big part of my life. I mean, as soon as I kind of left kind of the movers and shakers uh, age when I was in fifth grade, uh, in sixth grade, I started volunteering doing the kind of audiovisual component for, mm-hmm. um, for movers and shakers back at uh, North End, the North End location. So I've always, like, I've all, I never had a gap where I haven't been involved because uh, I think educating our youth and, and loving uh, and loving kids, uh, you know, showing God's love um, through service to them in movers and shakers and in kids ministry is just the best way that you can make sure um, that they will grow up and continue to have to develop their own relationship with God. Uh, you have to kind of not direct, but just be there for the kids as they uh, as they grow in love and love for Christ and as they grow in commitment. As they grow up, you know, you have to support them and be there. And I think that I didn't always know that was kind of not my calling, I guess, but what I was there for. But generally, you know, over the years, as we've seen kind of 
I say kind of my kids, but not my kids, you know, my, my uh, the, the kids in MS who I've helped lead over the years, as I've kind of grown up, you kind of see how important, uh, how important they look back and they find their MS years and how formative those years were. So it's always important for me to get involved. Uh, for, for me, um, my Sunday school teacher growing up was, uh, was Jana Wilms. Her name was Jana Wilms. I think she actually goes to Glenridge now. I haven't seen her in a long time. And she was amazing. Oh, and she taught me the Bible and she taught me how to uh, show me the value of, 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 a, of a good leader in, in MS and in kids' ministry. And I think I'll, I'll never let the expectation ever. You know, that's an unachievable. She was like, she was, she was a mountain. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what I aspire to someone who loves kids, who respects kids, who can be there for kids as they, not, not instruct kids really, but can be there for the, the kids' ministry as it grows and as the kids grow. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Well, tell us these days. So these days you're not doing AV. Um, you've moved on. What is your role right now in MS? Yeah. So I think over the years, I think I've done every role, you know, at MS. I think I've been, I've been, you know, you know how it is, Carrie, you're kind of, you feel anywhere needed, but yep. um, yeah, but uh, these days I'm doing small group leading and large group leading. Uh, you know, usually I do the four or five boys, uh, the grade four or five boys, and then I'll, a large group for um, all the ages from um, from um, uh, K to K to five uh, at Vineland. Amazing. And, um, you know, you spoke about what you enjoy about this area of ministry, you know, what you're learning, um, how important it is for you to have a role in shaping the faith of the next generation, passing our faith on to the next generation and, and teaching them what it means to, to love God and, and what it means for them to, you know, uh, be exposed to the, the lifestyle of full devotion that we talk about as adults, the, the inspiration, the connection and the action in, in age appropriate ways. And so um, absolutely love your heart for the next gen, especially for, for the students in m and and, I mean, I can definitely attest to how much those kids relate to you, track with you, trust you, look up to you as a role model. And so it's just fantastic to have you in those environments. I guess I'm curious, you know, for someone who's listening, who maybe is considering getting involved in either youth ministry or, um, or a ministry with kids, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I think that, you know, we can, people can look on um, student ministry, kids ministry, and think like, oh, they have lots of people. It looks like it's it's going fine. You know, what possible difference could I make? Why would they need me? And because you're more behind the scenes, you know that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, yeah. And so, I guess for for the person who's listening or maybe feeling a bit of a tug on their heart, especially as we're you know more fully reopening this this spring and just looking forward to. Um, not having capacity limits and just like all the things really building momentum this, this spring. Did I say fall? I meant spring. Um, I guess what encouragement would you have for someone who's considering finding out more and getting involved? What would you want to say to them? Uh, I'd, I'd really want to say that, um, uh, no, it really is. You know, this is—I I don't like this cliche very much, but I don't—I think I don't think it's a cliche. You know, we're really family at kids ministry. You know, no matter if you've been there for for years and years, uh, like, like we have, or you know, if you're brand new, you know, it's really a place where um, you're really united in in your love to help these kids grow. 
uh, and their um, and their their love and their exploration of their relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, it's a family because we we love each other, we support each other, and we're there for each other, not just through you know uh, for a couple hours on every Sunday morning, but through events, um, through other volunteering opportunities, um, you know, through just uh, just our lives that we share at church and outside of kids ministry. So I'd encourage people who are, are considering joining um, to join, not just be, not just because you know they will get out of it our relationships and, and a new family, but because they will. Uh, there's no better way if you're interested in uh, in, in, in teaching kids about, about the love Jesus Christ has has shown you to show them and demonstrate. Um, to do this, you know, there's no better way to do it than through MNS, volunteering MNS, uh, and uh, on Sundays, whether it's an AV like guy, like I was, audiovisual, you know, working behind the scenes, or you know, being up front in front of the kids, large group leader. There's a place for everybody, and uh, yeah, I think all are all are welcome. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's so many roles, and it, it, you're right. It's a really great way to feel uh, the sense of family and the sense of intergenerational family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very cool. Thanks for, for sharing that. Well, you know that each month on, the, on this podcast, um, we highlight a next-gen leader. And so in the remaining minutes that we have together, I'd love to ask you some questions about how you see the church. Um, and so I guess the first question is, you know, as you think about the, the emerging generation um, and the leaders right now here at Southridge, what would you say is the heartbeat of, of this group of emerging leaders? Those of you, those of you who are in your um, early 20s, what would you say is your heartbeat when it comes to church and when it comes to kingdom life? Yeah, so I think our heartbeat is, you know, we, we want to be, we want to be included. Um, youth want to be included. Youth don't, maybe, maybe it's another cliche, but, you know, youth don't, I want to be told what to do in, in a way, you know, of course, of course we do. And, and, and youth, you know, should always respect, uh, respect their elders and respect those who have, who have raised them and those who know more about things than they do. You know, that's just, uh, you know, that's respect. Deference is just well-deserved, but I think youth want to be given an opportunity to show, you know, to show their passion for Christ, to show their dedication to the church uh, and to show that, you know, they're, um, they, they, that they have, that, that they have good ideas even if they have bad ideas that they're listened to. I think a big mistake the church has made in the past and many churches and sometimes the church does, you know, in the present is uh, treating the youth like um, like their time will come. And I think that that's the wrong attitude to take. You know, the youth, it's always everyone's time. Everyone's opinion has always to be taken into account. Um, people have to be given, you know, voice has to be heard. Um, you know, they have to be treated with, with respect and deference. And I think that... Um, the youth of today want to show that they love Jesus just as much as uh, as older and younger generations, and uh, they want to give them the opportunity to demonstrate this love uh, in the church and in the community around them. Very cool. Well, what would you say, in your opinion, what would you say that the emerging gen wants to see more of in the church? Um, mm-hmm. You know, if they want to have more voice want to feel listened to like was it what is it they would want to say what what would they love to see more happen more of happen in the church here at Southridge I think what um the youth would uh, it's hard to speak for you know for for a whole you know for multi multi-generation youth kind of a platform 
But yeah. uh, I think what the youth want to see is kind of a, a reexamination of some of uh, a reexamination of some church practices and some church doctrine of some some general beliefs that have existed for a long time, but you know maybe need to be reevaluated in this uh, this present day. You know, God God never changes. You know, God is perfect. Uh, God never changes. And uh, but but the church the church is very dynamic. The church is kind of a it's kind of a, an organism that always is growing and changing. And mm. I think the youth want to, to see that uh, the youth want to see acceptance of more more and more people uh, than ever before. The youth want to see. Um, I think the youth want to see a reevaluation of some of some values that uh, have long been held by the church, but maybe are not so much relevant anymore. Am I clear there? I don't know if I'm uh, yeah, just rambling right. here. Yeah, and maybe you've already alluded to it, but my other question was, what do they want to see less of? Yeah, so maybe 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 I've been too negative in my past comments there, but I think the uh, I don't think the youth want to see less of anything. You know, the church's church leadership has always been been they've been passionate for for their uh, what they believe in. I think they've always been very very welcome of families, which is which is amazing. You know, the church is one of the most family friendly places in the world. I think, if not the most, you know, it's a great place for for kids to grow up and for their their parents to raise them. Um, so I don't think, you know, church's energy has, has never been a problem at all. I think it's just a matter of, um, as I mentioned earlier, giving kind of the youth a voice and letting them, uh, letting them influence in how things are done for the family rather than it just be kind of the head of the house, you know? Sure. I love that. Well, as you think about, you know, your generation, um, and you know, you're, you're in your early twenties, I'm we don't need to say your age, but you're in, you're in your twenties. We'll say that we're guessing by, by where you are in your, in your education. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking on behalf of, of your demographic, um, what would you see as the uniqueness that, that those who are, you know, just coming out of university, what do they bring to the church? What do, what's the gift that is especially unique that they have to offer that you have yeah, to offer? So. Yeah. Great question. Um, I think that uh, the gift that we have to offer, I think, is um, it's definitely it, it's an ability to. Um, oh, it's a tough one now. Uh, the youth of today, I think, bring bring a new perspective. Um, you know, they bring. I think youth have always brought uh, a, a good work ethic. You know, um, a passion. You know, kind of blind passion to their cause. You know, we haven't. We haven't screwed up yet. We haven't failed very much yet. So we don't, uh, we don't know how, you know, how to, we don't think like that, right? We th just think about the opportunity. So I think we, we bring optimism uh, and I think we bring a lot of inspiration just to kind of work, um, work like never worked before to make the change we want to see happen. So I think if, uh, if the church can really harness that, um, that strength, that optimism, that determination, kind of that blind, that blind dedication to, uh, the church and into Jesus Christ, then, you know, great things can happen. Great projects can be accomplished and a love can be shown kind of as never before, uh, across our communities. I love that. And I think that combined with how much your generation cares about issues of justice, mm -hmm. uh, you know, combining those two together, just, um, yeah, means that your generation can really 
make such an impact and, and really be quite a force for good um, in kingdom life. So uh, this has been fantastic. Well, Owen, as we wrap up, are there you know any final, this is where you can say whatever you want. Is there any final encouragements or challenges to our members who are listening when it comes to anything at all, when it comes to serving in family ministry, when it comes to, um, you know, your perspective on the church, any final things you, you would want to say as we close off today? Yeah. Um, you know, a, a, a little story kind of stuck with me, um, a lot when I was, I was listening to a, a guest pastor at my church in France, um, at my church in France, we invited a pastor and he talked about the fact that his church had for two years kind of separated uh, the youth of their church into a different church. All the 25-year-olds and under um, got to run their own, have their own building, run their own show on Sunday, do their own community outreach, kind of as an experiment because the youth had expressed interest in this and the adults, you know, listened to them and said, okay, you know, we'll try this out. And after two years, you know, the, this church was just a dismal failure. Uh, you know, no one was, the, 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 the headcount was way down. And it shouldn't be measured headcount, but just that the passion wasn't there. They had they had gone through three or four pastors who just were were dejected by the lack of um, lack of participation by these kids and um, it just wasn't wasn't it wasn't working and I think the reason this was was because uh, you know they had forgotten that the church really is a family of people for all ages and for all backgrounds mm-hmm. and for all walks of life and uh, the the idea of of focusing on just one one uh, demographic one attribute uh, I, I think is wrong and. Uh, this pastor, you know, described the fact that it, it, did, it didn't really work. So as yeah. a church, we need to remember, I think, that everyone should always be included. Uh, everyone, justice must be, must be, must be served no matter, no matter what the circumstances are. And um, yeah, I think that was a really big takeaway that I thought was relevant to our talk today. So thanks so much, Carrie, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hope I answered all your questions uh, <laughs> adequately. Absolutely. It's been a joy to have you. I love that you closed off with that story. That's a really fascinating story. And I mean, it speaks to how important it is to us, our value as a church, that we would be a place for everyone and a place that is intergenerational. And I mean, this is part of the reason that we're so excited to have the kids in the auditorium and the, the youth yeah. in the auditorium for worship, um, to experience that sense of what it is to be a church family and, and what it is to be in that that relationship with one another. Um, and just to see the, yeah, the goodness of God across the generations and what it looks like to pass on faith to the next generation. So, um, I love how you close that and yeah, just, Owen, want to thank you for joining us on here today. I know I can speak on behalf of everyone that we have loved getting to know you better, getting to hear your story, getting to hear, um, the ways that you are, you know, using your one and only life to, uh, to serve and to lead here at Southridge. Um, and just loved hearing your perspective on church and faith. So thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure, Thanks for uh, interviewing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And for all of you who are listening again, great to be with you. And, uh, thanks for joining us. We will see you next week as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everyone. Thank you.